Hello everyone, we are in no means experts on any of the topics we are about to discuss. We are, however, lifelong friends, along with a slew of guests we will have joining us. There's nothing we love to do more than to voice our opinions on multiple topics. Some of you will agree with us, some of you won't. We could honestly not care either way, we just hope you enjoy the banter. So, without further ado, we encourage you to sit back, relax, and welcome to the chat. I'm your host, Mike McCall, with my ever-so-lovely co-host, Jared Trudeau. And our insufferable honorary (laughs) co-host is joining us yet again today. Hi! (laughs) Yep, there's Willie. Everyone knows Uh, at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We did try to have some some additional guests, but some uh, scheduling kerfuffles popping up. Uh, That that makes it just this trio yet again. Um... But we had we, we couldn't we couldn't wait anymore, honestly, because we we get to talk about something we have been very excited to talk about for a while now. Basically, since the last one we did, uh, yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> yeah, literally, literally since the Wednesday after the last one we did. Yeah, but we are we are here to talk star wars and not just star wars while we're going to probably cover multiple different things about star wars we are more specifically here to talk about in my personal opinion i don't care what anyone if you guys agree or disagree the greatest star wars story that disney has told to date easily hands down it's not even close and as much as people love the mandalorian and everything Andor is the best Star Wars show medium whatever that has been put out since Disney bought it. Yeah, literally, it's it's and not even close. Either. You wouldn't even know Disney did it. It was that good. <laughs> <laughs> this is the literally pro- you wouldn't know Disney. Did it. <laughs> this is the prime example of what happens when you give a director who's passionate because this is the the guy who who is the showrunner and the director for the for all the episodes. At least I think it was all the episodes. But he was the executive producer and the showrunner for it, at least, is the dude who pretty much created this character in the first place. Uh, because back when he was the director for Rogue One, and he he cares, and it showed he cares, and Disney kind of just let him do his thing, and he, which thank God they did, because it was uh, so good. Like, don't get me wrong, I still will always put all of my faith in the world in John Favreau and Dave Filoni, but this dude just nailed it. Yeah. I, so when I when it comes to like nerdy things like Star Wars, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, anything like that, the scale I like to do is my I ask my fiance Krista because <laughs> she's not nerdy at all. So if she thinks it's good and it's super nerdy. You know it's good. Like, yeah. You know it's genuinely a good show. That's a that's a fair barometer. Yeah, that's how I like to gauge things nowadays. And she loved it. She was every week. She was like, "We gotta watch Andor," and I was like, "Yeah, we do." Good call. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's one of those things where it's like, one of the biggest things I kept seeing people say about it is that it didn't feel like a Star Wars movie or show. It didn't feel like Star Wars at all, and I'm like. But it was it perfect, was, though. Yeah, like, was that because it, there were no laser swords? That's exactly yeah. why. <laughs> that is literally what that is literally what Shred said. I know. I said that like the other I night. Know, I, I, I saw that. 
<laughs> it's true, like, though, but I mean, like, I felt that way after the first episode or two. I was just like, this could literally, if you didn't know this was Star Wars, this could be its own science fiction thing. Oh, it's, absolutely. It's good enough that it's could be its own thing, but it still has enough Star Wars, like, tie-ins and, like, characters and stuff that it makes it Star Wars. But, man. I just would love to point out that I am so happy that the rest of the show was as incredible as it was because if anyone who doesn't remember, I made a very strong point to tell people by after pausing the, the first episode five minutes in and saying this is the greatest stories, <laughs> Star Wars stories Disney has told. And I did that five minutes into the first episode. And here we are, ten episodes later, and I was not proven wrong. Bro. Not there was not a single episode that did not have me entirely engrossed in what was going on. And because we're dealing with what you would consider like, or what some most people consider, people don't think of Star Wars as like this own living and breathing medium where it's this diverse, gigantic universe that you're dealing with, with millions of different stories to be told. But they yeah. see it as the Skywalker saga. And so like they see the Obi-Wan, Luke, Anakin, Vader, all that. They're like, those are the main characters. So in, in some aspect, you're dealing with a show that is introducing a bunch of brand new original characters, bringing in, tying in some, obviously Mon Mothma. Being I was a lit part about of it. that. And, yeah, and, well, love, and Wolf, Mothma. and Wolf Yularen also popping up, even though they, I don't think they ever actually said, Hey, this is Wolf Yularen. No, they just, they, they, just, they just say his name and you have to catch it. Well, and, yeah, and then you have Saul Guerrero or whatever. Yeah. So, like, but honestly, like, for people who doesn't, like, pay attention, like, if they're not paying attention and not super nerds like us, like, they miss who, they probably don't even know who Wolf Yularen is in general because you really nope. only see him in Clone Wars as Admiral Yularen. Mm -hmm. And then you don't really, and then, like, Saw, sure, you'll know Saw from, they would know Saw from Rogue One. And then Mon Mothma, like, even though she played a major role in the rebellion, she really only gets what screen time come episode six. Well, yeah, and fun fact that they used the same character from a deleted scene in Revenge of the Sith. It's the same actress that they have playing her now. Well, like, she does look very Oh, she's like, I know image that, of the original trilogy. the original Mon Mothma back in like the eighties and stuff. Like I know that, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Other than the hairstyle was different. Yeah, but I it mean, that, hairstyle's like, feminine bowl cut, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. That Mon Mothma was rocking and <laughs> uh, but it was just oh, and then like. Let's just talk about the finale for a second, because I know, like, right as soon as I finished watching it, I, I, I texted you guys, knowing that you hadn't seen it yet. I'm just like, and all, all I, all I could say was chills, literal chills. It was like so that good. entire dude. That entire like when the episode ended, I literally like I literally called it, called him, and was like, so when you said chills, you better have been talking about the entire. Two thirds of the episode. Yeah, that whole that whole funeral in general, oh. and then and then Aunt Petunia's speech. 
just and platoon. That's all I can think about when I see her. God damn it! <laughs> that speech though in that finale just oh man it it hit me. It was so perfectly written. Uh, it fit so well into the context of everything that was going on, and it really mm-hmm. was like the first true spark of open rebellion that we saw. And man, was it a spark. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> that one kid with the freaking ID. <laughs> yeah, just... <laughs> like, the, the op- what, what was it? The opening scene, it shows him assembling it. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, I'm like, why am I getting Al-Qaeda vibes? I know, I was getting suicide bomber vibes. <laughs> like, I'm like, of that. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm getting jihad terrorism vibes right now. <laughs> Definitely yeah, well, wasn't um, just you, because I, I, I paused it, and I was like, to Chris, I'm like, he's making a fucking bomb. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? And she's like, he's just a kid. And I was like, right? I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, but he's a child of Ferrix. Yeah. And apparently the children of Ferrix are ready to square up any time, any place. Clearly. Seriously. Because they just, oh my goodness. Like, even when they brought out the blasters, they just still kept throwing hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, I'm taking you down with me. I'm not going to lie. My heart was pounding when that dude was hitting the anvil, and he's like, Doom. Oh, Doom. dude. I was like, oh, this is, I'm like, shit's going to go kicks, down. Barton kicks Oh, dude, yeah, he kicks the dude right just, off the tower. You just see it from, like, the... ISB guy's point of view too where he's just like yeah just falls <laughs> like, again oh, no. surprise Disney made this yeah right like that's <laughs> like there's been so much murder like cold blooded murder <laughs> literally so much murder for a Disney show and I love it I know they did it right but real quick I like I I really want to get into some of these some of these theories that I know Trudeau, you said you had one. Mm. So I have that you've seen one. So I've seen one and I've told Willie one that I've came up with on my own. And like, I say it like I came up with it on my own. That's not to say that somewhere out in the internet, someone hasn't said it as well. Bound it's just, I haven't, I hadn't seen anything on it and I still haven't. Um, so I have a feeling though, one of the two that I, either the one I thought of, or the one I did hear. Yeah, I, I'm almost positive it's got to be probably the one you've heard. Oh, definitely. Well, the thing about this show is, too, there's really not a lot that you can, like, theorize out of. Because it's not like a show... It's not, per se, you know, like a Marvel show where they sprinkle things in where it's like, oh, what yeah. does this mean for the future? Like, what does this mean? Like, it's just a well-told story. Not a lot of, like, loose ends. Yep. I mean, there's enough to go into another season for sure. Obviously, well, with the way it technically, ended. Technically, there's there is there is four seasons worth of television to be had. Yep. Well, and also like, and th- they answered the kind of one quote unquote big question everyone had throughout the ep- or throughout the season. What were they making in the prison? Yeah, I'm when that when post credit scene they showed it. Scene, yeah, and I was like, all right, cool. It was like, cool so, too. Not surprised. It was a dope scene. Like it just made it seem like they were like the parts they were making looked so 
freaking small. Oh yeah. And then it zooms out and you're like, holy fuck. Literally. That's a lot. And the, I think the cool part is too, is like, it goes so well with Rogue One. Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like they're just cut from the same thread, like this show and that movie. Like you can tell they're all the same story or on the same. Yeah. Oh, just well so done. Like, I know one of the best things about it is like, it didn't try to do any fan service really it was just telling its own story and it wasn't getting hung up in like oh well we gotta throw this little thing because even like i said even with the yularen thing like they barely like make a big deal about it, it literally mm-hmm. is mustachioed man sitting in the isb and at the head of the isb desk in that one episode but like yeah. and like all you all it really indicates is like this is the dude this is the boss man here yeah like that's it and you they have a brief like i think I still I don't remember them ever saying his name, but Will, you said that you did hear I, it. I so I, I want to say it's like it's almost like it's conversational. Like it's like I want to say one of the ISB agents um, is like uh, either mentions his name while he's not in the room, or like asks him a question while he's in the room. I don't remember the specific context of it, but I'm almost positive someone mentions the name Yularen. Right, like either way, because I don't even remember them like saying Colonel. Because at this point, which is weird, like he leaves the the Navy to go to the ISB and somehow gets demoted from yeah. Admiral to Colonel because yeah. he's Colonel Yularen in the ISB, even though he was an Admiral in the Republic Navy. Yeah, I, I don't get it, <laughs> but <laughs> but still, so like like they didn't do anything for fan service, and yet because of the success. Like it's still, and because they have so many years to like pretty much cover, and like they have, like I said, there's like at minimum four seasons because they're five years before the Battle of Yavin. So, yep, technically, you could go five and literally like have the series end pretty much like right before you we see him again, or like the finale is him getting his mission where we in- get introduced to him in Rogue One when right. he murks mm-hmm. that dude in the back of the thing to cover his butt. Yep, so, so like. There's a lot to be told, and technically, there's still like a decent amount where there's still a decent amount of like, if you think about like big names or stuff that's going on that are coming to live action, like it wouldn't be crazy to have like a Phoenix Squadron reference. Yep. With the with from the Star Wars Rebels. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't hate to see a live action Kanan as long as he's played by Freddie Prince Jr. Has because be. why waste them? I know Freddie Prince Jr. is kind of like not done a lot of, he's pretty much retired from acting, but with as big of a nerd as he is, oh, and yeah. as much as he loved yeah. playing, voicing Kanan, if there's a role that's going to get him back in front of a camera, you tell him that he can have like a minor role playing Kanan again and just give him a wig with a ponytail and stuff and his little goatee. I am here for it, and I'm sure he would be too. So one of the things where user like they didn't do a lot of fan service, they psyched me out for a second because at the end of the episode before um, Cassian goes to jail, 
he gets picked up by that robot and it's the KS2 same o. style yep. of robot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And I was like, I even told her, I'm like, oh, it's his robot. And then there's another one. And I was like, oh, no. I'm like, <laughs> no. <at me." laughs> those are just, those are just the dickhead robots. Yep. I am like, waiting. I am waiting for Alan Tudyk's voice to start to, to, to come through one of those. I feel like that would be a great way to like introduce him too. Cause mm-hmm. like he's already been reprogrammed, but you just have casting going to like, flashback of getting yeah (laughs) and just like choked out and just like that'd be his initial reaction when he meets him and has a little freak out i would i I would love to see that but like i just love alan tudyk in general so like any excuse to have him have him back in in a project would be an absolute win yeah they absolutely psyched me out with that even i was going that way and then it didn't at all (laughs) and i was like okay (laughs) No, not even a little bit. I was like, okay, I'm, I appreciate it. Like that. I was like, you know, they were doing that too. Like they were going to get people. Oh, absolutely. They don't just put that uh, style of robot in, in the, in said show with Cassian without thinking they're going to get some people. No, it was definitely a conscious effort of, of the East of plopping that little Easter egg in there. of just like, "Eh, you thought, no, these guys (laughs) also on the, on the thread of dark Disney. Can we talk about for a second, the torturing they did to Bix? Oh, Jesus. like it's one of those things. So like, you remember the, the old adage that really started coming around with like how they did with jaws where not showing the monster is, is worse than is just as terrifying yeah. as showing, if not more so. I was picturing Even just the, the description of the screen all and time. Like, uh, yeah, <sighs> like the setup that they put around it, and then not hearing, and, not, and then just having the it go quiet. Cut. The scene just like, goes quiet, Whoa. and the actress—I can't remember what her name is because I want to say it's like Eliza Gonzalez, but I feel like that's a different actress from something else. Who are you? What character? Bix. Bix. Oh, it's age. I have the IMDb pulled up. It's yeah. Adria, I'm pulling up right now. Uh, Arjona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gonzalez. That, the other one I said is she's from Baby Driver. Uh, but no. So she's just she acts that scene though. So like she's so traumatized by it. She sells it and then everything after it. Like she is yeah. a broken. Oh, human. Yeah. Just <laughs> and it's just and it was like it. Holy crap. And this might be kind of getting off topic, not by much, but the the flashbacks that they did like were done so well because they talk about like the, especially the last flashback, they have Cassian's like adoptive dad saying, you know, people are willing to throw out perfectly good parts when they just got to put some work into it. Yep. And that's definitely in reference to Bix because he's just like she's this broken person, but I'm not going to give up on her. And then yeah. you look at other Disney projects like Boba Fett, where all the flashbacks are like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, I mean, like, Boba Fett was basically just a flashback. Yeah, but like the flashbacks in this show actually had a purpose and like had deeper meaning, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Yes. Yeah, I, honestly, I think I would have enjoyed uh, t- t- just hopping on Book of Boba Fett real quick. I think I would have enjoyed it more if if it had just straight up told his story 
instead of, of doing flashbacks. How he got out of the Sarlacc pit instead of doing flashbacks. Like, if they had the just spent, like... An episode or two? An episode or two or even three. I don't remember how many episodes it was. If they had just spent, like, a good chunk of time just telling the story of how he got out of the Sarlacc pit and not trying to interconnect it with... Um, the present day, the present day, I think it would have been done a lot better. Well, honestly, that's my problem with a lot of like the, the use of flashbacks in general. Like if you, they can be used effectively, like we see in Andor, but if you're just doing it just to like show something that happened and not, so like the book of Boba Fett was using flashbacks to show you something that happened out of context. Mm-hmm. Than compared Definitely to what how Andor was using it, where it was, it was feeding into the context of present day. Yep. Right. I feel like I feel like if you're gonna do like I have no problem with like starting like doing flashbacks if they make sense with the present. If you're overlapping them, that makes sense with the present storytelling. Even like shows like Arrow, like at least in the beginning, those flashback scenes oh, yeah. to the island and everything. They. Oh yeah. They mirrored the present day story that they were telling as well, perfectly. Yep. For me, like, because it was, I also had the issue with Man of Steel. I didn't feel like they did it that well with Man of Steel. It's like if you want to do flashbacks, which I'm more than okay with, don't even just stop making them flashbacks if you're not going to have them coincide with the present day. Right. Just set that all those scenes at the beginning of the movie or the show and have that build up. Yep. To the present day. Right, like I mean, use it as use it as its own story. Don't try, like, don't split the story in the middle of an episode or a movie or whatever just to get that in. It loses traction and it loses people's engagement if this, especially when the flashbacks aren't aren't done that well. Because like, also, also you have this one more, really one more real quick note on Book of Boba Fett before <laughs> I'm sure we hop back off of it. Um, Cad Bane better not be fucking dead. that pissed me off so much I was like you finally give me live action Cad Bane and it was done so fucking well and then you kill him I'm like go fuck yourself I'm I'm so mad about it (laughs) I'm so mad very fair I was also upset but uh alright I gotta know we gotta get into these uh these uh these theories treads so what is the theory you heard and let's see if it matches up with either the one i thought of or so the theory i heard and it was very convincing just all the evidence laid out was that luthan is a jedi yep that's the one i heard yeah it does it makes so much sense it makes a lot of sense because it's like they like the I'm I'm almost positive at this point now that we probably watched the same YouTube video that broke it down. <laughs> probably. Where like the, the <laughs> like, Sith and Jedi holocrons are right, like masking. The, the holocrons are what really sell it for me. And then his his little shop partner was his Padawan and stuff. So that part I was like, eh. Yeah, that that part I'm I'm not That's the only part I'm not about like, that part. On, but his but reaction like the, the to, fact like, that he just has holocrons. The fact that he has, he yeah, has they were like all destroyed pretty much by the Empire. Right. Like And he just has them in the back of his shop, like bruh. <laughs> and yeah. it is true. Like it's been proven in Star Wars Canon that some even without the Holocrons like hiding his, his signature or whatever, 
literally cutting yourself off from the Force like we have seen other Jedis in canon do who has survived, cut themselves off from the Force, and they go. And they also can go undetected by the Emperor and Vader and everything because they cut themselves off. So if that's mm-hmm. what he did, then that's... Com- like I'm just saying like that it makes sense. Makes a lot and, of like, sense. And that speech he has with his inside man... Yeah, dude, that, about that all that he lost and everything. That monologue beautiful. was pro- that monologue was going to be the number one thing I wanted to talk about until Ampetunia's speech. Mm. It, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was like, bro, that finale was just oh, yeah. And then plus, yeah. like, there potentially was a lightsaber in the show; it just wasn't ignited. <laughs> like, yeah, because they said because like yeah, his his reaction to the dude, I thought that was a little weird. Like, because oh, yeah. even watching, like, I remember even watching the episode. I was just like, I was like, that's just an odd reaction to, like, that's that's an odd reaction to what looked like it was just like a little stick. Yeah, <laughs> like because it wasn't long enough to be like a staff or anything. It was just literally it just looked like it was like a club at yeah. most. I'm like, yeah. that's an odd reaction to have for someone holding your your club. It was like, a I mean, like, I'm sold. Yeah. I'm sold. <laughs> Yeah, so I was just like that. Was, it 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 did strike me and like everything. He, it was his monologue once. Like they plus said, he had a fucking Kyber crystal. Well, Kyber crystal. Like I mean, there's there's a decent amount of the, sketchy the, people out there. That's with Kyber the least crystals. convincing. Yeah, like it, you can get Kyber crystals if you're if you know the right pirates. Yeah. Hondo Anaka could get Kyber crystals. All right. Yeah, that's what I was going for. <laughs> Still, so, I mean, not Hondo, coincidence. He had a Kyber crystal, if you ask me. No, I agree. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> of everything that they laid out, like reading into his monologue, holds more evidence to me than him having than him just having a Kyber crystal. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, but but I mean, like everything added up, it's just kind of like, all right, this is kind of almost irrefutable, like. It would really. be interesting because, again, like I mean, we we are dealing with the Jedi Order that has thousands and thousands of Jedi, and especially during the Clone Wars, some of them never really returned, had never really re- came back to Coruscant because mm-hmm. they were out in the stretches of the galaxy fighting freaking separatists or dealing with pirates. Because, like, you got to remember, the Jedi at the time they were. Yeah, they were leading the the clone Republican army and everything like that, but they still had to do, they still had their other duties to the rest of the galaxy. And there were so many of them. It's not like you're going to ever remember every single face. Right. Those are Jedi. That's, that's, well, that was the other thing. I know I I can't, I sent it to you guys. I'm almost positive, but I can't remember. It was like the quote from Attack of the Clones where the, Kaminoans were telling Kenobi how many they had ready to go and more on the way. Oh yeah, yeah. and how oh much it God, actually was like number one. Yeah. Oh, what oh. did I? Say? I can't even remember. It would be easier billions. if I could... it was billions. Of... Yeah, we're yeah, talking like, about multiple billions of. It was clones. something along the lines of like each unit was like two hundred plus thousand or like half a million or some crazy ass number like that. Yep. Kaminoans were busy. That's all. That's all I'm gonna say. Kaminoans were getting paid, (laughs) literally. But uh, that was crazy. 
So, but I want to, I want to pitch you my, my theory that again, for people listening, I, if it's out there in the internet, I haven't seen it, but this is this first everyone. This (laughs) this is the, this is the theory that at least to my best opinion, I, I have thought of, and I told Willie about it. And I even told him that I was mad that I didn't say something about it before the finale aired, just in case they confirmed it. But luckily they didn't confirm it. (laughs) In the That's finale. Right. But they also didn't deny it. And if anything, I feel like the finale gave That's me gave me my best evidence that I proves I might be right. Okay? And that theory is the the girl that stays on Ferrix to scout Cassian's uh mom's house and everything. Yeah. That did the job. I think that's his sister. From the Ooh. flashbacks. So like, because you see when they first meet, right? On oh, Willie, I already forgot. Aldani. Aldani. When they when you see them first meet on Aldani, like you can kind of tell there was kind of an instant connection. Like obviously yeah. they didn't recognize there was no real like recognition, but they were both clearly interested in what was going on with each other. Um and everything like that. But you also have to remember that entire time Cassian's going under the assumed name of uh oh what was that weird name that he picked? Something Clem. stupid. Clem. So he's going under assumed name and everything and not claiming to be from uh oh god, why am I forgetting the planet that he was from? They got him in trouble in the first three episodes because he was from that planet. Yeah, because it was such a Right. Either I don't way, even remember what plan. Either it way, was. you see, you see that there is this weird like connection of, or at least a peaking of interest between the two of them, right? Mm-hmm. And then you see, like, once he shows up, you can tell that her and uh, her and Deidre were uh, Cinta, Cinta, yeah, and it was Vel. Not Deidre was the ISB. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but you can tell like once that he gets there, uh, you. I mean, first off, it's obvious. Like they make it very clear and obvious that Cinta and Vel were uh, doing the hanky pang. Yeah. <laughs> and then you see the once he gets there and everything, and then like there there starts to slowly become a little bit of separation. Nothing crazy, right? And then it's just part of the plan that Cinta has to stay behind on Aldani because of what they needed her to do. Mm-hmm. And you get off world, but then the next time we see her, she's off world back with Bell. But they're in Ferrix, knowing his name is Cassian Andor. Yep, that's and true. Changes with Cinta more than anything. Cinta, up until this point, you've seen on the entire time in Aldani, was all about getting the mission done, all about completing the mission, completing the mission, doing what she has to do, following the plan. The second she finds out, it's she knows it's Cassian Andor that they're looking for. She deviates from the plan and tells Vel to leave her here because she yeah. wants to stay here and watch it. And you can see that she gets really invested in the comings and goings. Like I know, like you could, it could be played off like obviously she's a spy or whatever, and she has, uh, and she's just doing her job very effectively by being so interested in what was going on with Cassian's mom and his friends and everything. 
But to me, it seemed like it was more than just that of her level of interest of what was going on. Right. And then she literally, and then in the, but the point in the finale, right? Like you, she knows that the empire is there in force. Well, more so than normal because they're expecting Cassian to show up. She's already pegged the ISB undercover agent. She's working with Vel. They have their plan. And again, you see Cinta deviate from the plan to go out after the ISB agent that was basically on to Cassian the entire time and straight up murders him when she really doesn't have to. Mm. Like that, that is what really like, again, it can be played off as she's a rebel who hates the empire. She had a, she had a clear chance to take him up. But then, but my counterpoint to that argument is she didn't like, it's not like they just ran across each other in a, no, she tracked him down. She followed him. She got him into that corridor and then when he grabbed her, she stabbed him. She went and sought it out. Yeah. It wasn't this. It wasn't self defense. It wasn't. Uh, they just bumped into each other and in a precarious situation. No, she knew that he was he was after Cassian. And again, like the only argument I would allow is. They were there to kill Cassian, or at least to make sure Cassian doesn't fall into the Empire's hands because he knew too much. So, yeah, kill the Imperial who's trying to get Cassian so Cassian can tell them everything. Sure. But to me, that's how I was reading the situation. And the one thing that, like, just the show in general did such a good job on is they didn't waste any characters. They didn't waste, you know, anything really yeah. and, like, leave any loose ends. So the fact to me, when I say that, like the fact to me that they showed Cassian's sister and introduced her as a character. And then even if it, even if they're like, and then not to do anything with it until like, except for possibly being it set, it's set up for like it's season two. Yeah. It's like, if you're doing that for your setup for season two, why are you telling me all about it? And even proving in the very first episode at the very beginning that he's out looking for her. Yeah. And then introduce this character with all these other things and again like it's i could see how it would could be like a flimsy like trail to trail of breadcrumbs to follow but that is the connection that my brain made with knowing how people like to tell stories yeah and i mean that to me that just reinforces your theory here that they introduced his sister you know like they didn't have to have him have a sister they didn't (laughs) have to do well even then they didn't have to really do the flashback that shows his, like, they could right. have easily done all of that flashback to setting up of, like, Aunt Petunia finding him and, like, yeah. getting him off the planet without showing that first bit of his, with his sister and everything. Children of the corn right. thing. Yeah, children know. of the corn thing. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I'm, that's what I'm interested in to see is, like, hey, just. The very ending, the fact that they kind of like, like, obviously, you know what happens because, you know, Cassian doesn't die until yep. he gets the scarif. Well, and so, so here's so here's my question, if your theory is correct, is what's going to happen to Cinta? 
Well, see, that's, I mean, that's because just, either one, they're never actually going to find out that they're brother and sister. That's not necessary. Well, because, so hold, so hold on. Cause you would have to imagine just in kind of just like you were talking to how storytelling typically goes is if they find out their brother and sister, I highly doubt they're going to separate all that often, even if it is for the rebellion. And so you would think that that's come, why wrong. come the events of Rogue One, they would be teaming up with some shit, at least like mentioning each other. And see, again, that's where I think you're wrong, because at that point, especially in Rogue One, right, you're looking at Cassian, who the Rebellion and even the Empire 100% agrees that Cassian Andor is an assassin. Yeah, he's right? ruthless. He he's, he is a he is an assassin of the rebellion. All right, and like I said, Cinta and this whole thing, she has been used as a spy. If she becomes, if she actually does become, like it does pan out where she's his sister, he's off murking people and she's off doing spy stuff. The last thing either one of them wanting to do is letting the Empire know anything about their personal lives so that they to find out that they have a button that they that can be pressed so that explains why they don't say anything about it plus cinta being a spy would easily just be off on a mission somewhere spying because rogue one only takes place in what i mean with the you got to deal with hyper hyperspace travel depending on how far the certain systems are apart you're looking at like two to three weeks tops true true of the and that's the absolute top. Realistically, it's probably like a week and a week and a half because none of the star systems that if I can remember are like super crazy far apart. So we're talking only like even at hyperspace travel, you're dealing with eight, eight to 10 hours tops for travel. Yeah. Cause even like, even like Imperial star destroyers can cover, can get into a hyperspace lane and cover a decent chunk of the universe in like a day. Yeah. Well, also too is, it could leave a lot of different options that they could do creative things with. Like say maybe she dies or gets killed in front of him. That's why he's so cold and ruthless at Rogue yep, One. That's at another that point. Good point too. All right. That's what I'm saying. Like it, like well, is something going to happen? Interesting. Her? It's a, it's one of those things where it's like, she could be a spy for the rebellion. And therefore that's why they never talk about her. Cause she's off on a mission and he doesn't want to put any heat on her. And then you also have the other end of the spectrum. Like Fred said, where, Something tragic does happen to her, and that's what makes him even more cold. Because right now, you see him, he's... He, right now, it looks and feels like the Cassian come the end of Rogue One. Well, yeah, I mean, he's got, a, him he's got, a, he's got a couple of fucks to give. Like, yeah, he, yeah, he, 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 has he goes some... out of his way and saves her. He, Cassian at the beginning of Rogue One wouldn't have done that. No. <laughs> I agree. Like I said, so like, there's Clearly, things happen that harden him back up, and, and I make think, him just that much head deep into the. Which is honestly too. why I was so nervous during the entire finale because I was expecting at least his best friend. I was waiting for him to catch a blaster bolt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I literally, like I, I was waiting on it because that dude is too good of a person and too big of a deal in Cassian's life. I'm like, there's no way this dude has to die. That guy has to die at some point, right? Yeah, but I mean, we're still dealing with a director who literally, like, I know I sent it to you guys, so I know you guys have seen it, but like, he literally brought in a 
random unnamed background rebel trooper that goes as Scarif with them as one of his prison mates that he escapes prison with. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's fucking... Like, this is a dude who doesn't do anything. He's thought things through. Yeah. Everything he's done, or at least everything he's done, in my opinion, has been proven to have not been done lightly. Except for the casting of Andy Serkis. Because that theory of, like, hit that prisoner is what becomes Snoke is absolutely stupid. It I was literally in Circus because Andy Circus is a terrific actor and has already been a part of the Star Wars world, but never actually showed his real face in it. So, also so bringing in a terrific person to work with. Super depressing. He's like, uh, guys, I can't swim. Yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> I did this entire thing, and uh, now I can't swim. I so one thing like, I like. Someone help this man swim. <laughs> <laughs> well, you knew, like, that's the other thing where it's like talking about the Cassian at the beginning of Rogue One. He, Cassian was about to, like, stop to think something. Of, like, yeah, think he was, he, you could tell he was either going to, like, and then try and off. help him and then out he himself just or he was going to figure something out. And then he just gets fucking shoved off. Yeah. So that was another thing that I loved about this show is it really showed the cruelty of the Empire with those prisoners letting them go and then putting them in a different fucking pod. Yeah. You're like, Hey, your, your time's up. You're, you're being released. We're just going to move you down a floor. Yep. And we'll wax anyone. We don't give a shit. Yeah. And then, and then they, they fuck it up because it's bureaucratic and bureaucracy always gets fucked up. And they send a dude back to the same fucking pod. (laughs) And they're like, Oh shit. (laughs) <laughs> uh well guess we're gonna have to find a hundred new prisoners yeah like it just showed a different level and i like too that it kind of showed slowly how they're getting more cruel like mm-hmm. there there's definitely a lot of that going on like with that one planet where they let all the natives go and watch the sick ass meteor shower Yep. But then they like they're slowly every year just making it harder and harder for them to actually do it. Mm-hmm. And it just you can tell they're starting to tighten their grip more and become more cruel. Well, and they even well, and they even met like they even show it through. Excuse me. They even show it through um, Mon Mosma's storyline as to where like she's sitting here going like fuck, this is getting tighter and tighter and tighter scrutiny and security. Mm-hmm. Like, they are tightening around themselves to really oppress everybody. And she's like, shit, I'm also, about to be wrapped up in this because my financials don't add up. Her plan also, is genius. Making her husband look like he has a gambling problem. Yep. And well, then marrying her, he does have her daughter death. off to a uh, yeah, it showed a different side of Mon Mothma because yeah, well, like it was. I'm not genius. gonna. Li- I'm not gonna lie. When when they in that final scene where they were doing the meeting between the betrothal, I, I I don't know why, but like I was half expecting the kid to turn around and me to do the fucking Leo DiCaprio on the couch thing. Like ooh ooh ooh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was half expecting to recognize somebody. And it just never came because again, it was one of those fan service moments, like that slow turnaround. You're like, all right, who's this going to be? And then it was just, it was a just, random, a random fourteen year old kid. Yeah. 
<laughs> I was like, ah, right, okay. All right. But honestly, though, that's so smart to make it look like he has a gambling problem, look like they're wiping his gambling debt it's by having her, her daughter assessment. marry this dude's son. Because, yeah, yeah that's, that's exactly like a, how a lot of brings about. He's a loan shark. Oh, yeah, a loan shark. And, like, it's just genius. Yeah, it really is. Like, it's and, just like everything done so well so far. Because if you remember, like, remember how against Mon, like, how Mon Mothma was pissed off at Luthen? Yeah. The Aldani thing. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, here she is a few episodes later, turning around and intentionally making her husband, like, lying to her husband and making him feel like a piece of shit. Yep. Yeah. And marrying off her only daughter, or sorry, it sorry the meeting wasn't any patrol, real betrothal. He just wanted an introduction. Right. He just he just wanted a meeting. He just but, wanted the intro. But I'm not gonna lie with the, with the way they set up the daughter, like they're still going long enough to cover everything on um whatever the religion school. or whatever the hell. It where where yeah, is she the, she from? I can't. Uh, I would know it if I heard it. I can't think. It's of it. something with us. It's something with a C. Yeah. Anyway. With, with the lead up, they Gorilla? showed her going. No, what'd you say? Chandrilla. 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 With with the lead up of them showing how deep into Chandrillan like tradition and like shit she like the daughter was going like oh, yeah. like I feel like the daughter is going to be like all for this. She didn't look Honestly, upset yeah. at all meeting that uh, that I, kid. Like just she was like hell yeah I'm about to she was smiling. Yeah. Like she was, I, I, I agree, but it's still the fact that like you could tell Mon Mothman did not want to do it. Well, no. and it's gonna piss, and it's gonna piss Vel off. Oh well, because when, when Vel, Vel needs to be brought down a peg, anyways, Vel is Vel was worse. the most annoying character, and that's saying Jesus. a lot. I couldn't like. She always had something up her butt. She just ugh. And again. Probably the way the character was. It's probably one of those like this is the way she's written. So like yeah, no, it. like I'm not holding it. Like the performance was great. It's oh, just yeah, like, yeah, fantastic. But it's like because because when Bell visits that I, Coruscant, I think it's the first time. It might be the second Plus time when she stops Percy back Jackson through. One first. She asks Mon Mothma. And she's like, "You're not taking betrothals, are you?" This is the second letter. <laughs> I didn't even realize it was, that was, it was a lot until Krista was like, that's the same person as the, that was in yeah. the, yeah. the, the uh, heist. I Which like, oh, I shit. think is like more risky than anything else that Mothma had done at that point because you have a legitimate family member that has knowing like that people have known she has been on course on talking to her out in the field doing actual rebellion activities. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, like that is a bold... And apparently they've all sworn some oath to somebody. Yeah, they're like, I swore an oath. Yeah, I, I know. Like, I, I, know like, I don't know if they swore an oath to each other, if they swore an oath to, like, some specific person. Like, I don't know what's going on, but, like... Well, at this point, I, like, can't, I we, can't imagine. Everyone's like, we swore an oath. I can't imagine. If anything, it's bailed. If anything, it's bailed. Because, like, like, I know it's doing... It focused on Mon Mothma and everything that she's doing, but, like, the real architect of the greater rebellion was Bail Organa. And ev- like, that's a proven fact. Like yeah. Mothma played her part, but Bail Organa was the architect of the rebellion. And he was the one that set it up into, to have it to where they were in 
and just spread out just as separate so entities, uh, separate entities of rebellion, uh, with just like this, this little with the fulcrum agents. Yeah, uh, as the as like their their inside the inside track and everything, getting them the supplies that they need, but they want to keep they wanted to keep them separate for as long as they could on purpose and it was that was all bail seven seasons well, is always so, a speaking good of number fulcrum agents i feel like that's usually i'm fairly strongly ISB on the on fact Coruscant, that a good tv show should really usually end to, between five to like, seven i want the button shop anything more even than if that, it's just, just in the background button shop, show me the button <laughs> i have i have yet to really get proven callus is one of my like he's another one of those characters like i i don't i want to say he's one of my favorite characters but his story is one of my favorite because Mainly because of how great well, get, Filoni not, handles not if telling it, the story next, and not his, if the last two seasons uh, are going to be anything like his redemption arc. The back half Literally of season through six, a, through seven, an and eight. Tele- like it's not on par with like Zuko, obviously, and like Avatar: Last Airbender. Right? Now, if it was going to be because like Zuko was a the real main early Game of Thrones, so the current House of Dragon standards. Right. But the fact sure. that they were able to tell but the story it, so it's impossible. In, like in Rebels, the, there's not a single show out there that I can I will listen to anyone argue about at a time. But the How glimpses you're catching, like Supernatural, went on so, for way too way long. So heavy on I love Smallville mm-hmm. to death, and like it goes but all good God, way too long. Like get stranded. I I know that what they were doing of like telling the full like, story, but I swear to the entire time, seasons like, four through seven were dude. such like, crap. They're coming for us. Like seasons one through three, great. Seasons the entire time, eight, nine, and ten. No, they're not solid. They're gonna. But by the time you get to seasons eight, nine, and ten, you're just he's got that. You're so just done with it. Yeah, we're all expendable. And then you see, I liked season four until Lois left again. Welcome back in a warm embrace from all those friends and Callus. The little bit of the the little bit of change up they they finally had on the show, and then they even offers center away in like six episodes. And he's like, "No, I'll take my chances with with the Empire." And then next time, next thing he sees, it cuts to not even him being rescued on the planet. It just shows him walking into a star destroyer, and everyone around him, like it's his star destroyer that he's stationed on. Yeah, and they're all and just like, no one noticed. Even the Dallas admiral is, that he goes to talk yeah. to, just like, oh, there you are. Where have you been? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. And it's just like, and like that to me, like that was the start of it. Well, and it was because the- I because the I I don't. I, it's been a while since I watched Rebels, but I'm fairly certain one of the next times you see Callus is he's they wanted to pump as much money as they could into no because that was that that episode is the beginning is somewhere near the beginning of season two and he's not up in fulcrum until season three so he still goes through an entire season no yeah it's still like the the rest (laughs) of season two i I couldn't remember the timing of it but the rest of season two you gotta remember he's there and he's dealing more and closely with uh with vader yeah everything in season two throughout the, and and Tarkin and mm-hmm. he's seeing more and more of what it's doing and then he, he keeps having run-ins with Phoenix Squadron and then yeah season yeah. 3 it ends All up right. where he's Fulcrum he's a Fulcrum Willie, agent when they don't like and then they don't find I, out I'm about to this is going to be a good test because Willie's not that good the next time that and then it's once in season 3 after they get their first message in, from Fulcrum which I think right. is like episode what's four, what's his description from the, what's his description from the book? the uh, age range included the academy the academy to get wedge mm-hmm. out then it's after okay. that episode so the next to, time right. that Ezra and Kanan run into him that we find out that he's the new Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because he helps him get out of a 
whatever jam they're in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I think this is a a good segue into animated Star Wars. <laughs> and uh, what? No, this is a terrible <laughs> segue. What do you mean? <laughs> I can gush about Star Wars. Rebels. Who are you thinking? Oh, I can. I could gush about the animated shit for fucking. Well, I want to talk about Tales of the Jedi. Oh no, my I god! I watched that recently, and oh dude, my god. dude I, so it's Tales of the Jedi, but realistically, it's oh, like the tales it's of tales of Count Dooku and Ahsoka. Yeah, and it's like he's doing. He's dude, so he's done uh, enough so chosen ones as he's really only been in Dune, but still Jedi. <laughs> Was Dooku's no, um, timeline right? I, I, like, I did not realize for the, the in terms of someone frame, that could like, look the part. I did not look like an average Joe. And the but timing of like Dooku leaving the order and like, becoming. Yeah, I didn't realize Qui Gon dying was a I huge reason. Would lean why more towards what is the ten year window you're looking at. Aiden Gallagher episodes one and episode two. He's got yeah. a good action background. I mean, it's, uh, well, like you uh, just treads, you just don't he plays like, number five. Don't really think about it. Yeah, like like you know it's there obviously because in episode two Anakin, uh, I feel like because he's got that like wiry not frame, a literal child. Uh, he's, <laughs> but, I mean, he still like, is playing a fifteen-year-old so like in the Umbrella jump, Academy. But, like it doesn't somewhat like, getting you're away like, with okay, it. Okay, there's a time jump, whatever. But you don't think about any of the shit that goes on in between it because even in Clone Wars, like they don't cover any of it because it's not part of the Clone Wars. That's what I do, my guy. Yeah. <laughs> I also nah, all right. That all right, so yeah, I like. Yeah, it was a real shit Yaddle way for like, Yaddle to die. But I'm also, y'all say this about Yaddle. It re- that that little Fair bit enough. redeemed Yaddle in my eyes because I hated Yaddle for no reason, <laughs> for no reason other than the fact that she was ugly as John shit. Malkovich. Well, yeah. also John Malkovich. <laughs> Didn't talk and they did yeah, nothing right. with him. He was in like three <laughs> scenes, maybe. Poshy, I don't fucking know. He has a speech impediment. <laughs> Yoda's, Yoda's on the spectrum. <laughs> Literally, that's, that's what so this show. That's, so the <laughs> that's 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 his like one thing that like people like people on the spectrum are always like really good at like one thing. The that's, that's yeah. one. That, that's his one thing is the force yeah but he can't talk for shit right no <laughs> <laughs> what kind of but no so i know i told what you guys but literally like, would you paint him as is he more like just a physical the, presence the or is he more of like the, the, episode the where wit and Anakin clever and outsmarts you and battle. then just has this big yeah. badass dragon the moves Everything just matched up with well, yeah. season seven, and I was like, it, I was breaking my heart watching it. It it broke my heart into pieces. But what really like imposing? And, but the first still? domino that fell, the first crack in my heart that happened watching that was like I told at least Willie. I know I went into detail with you. Was literally sitting and them showing in the background that I mastered Depa Balabo with Caleb Dune. Yeah, that one. That that was a okay. gut punch. <laughs> In amazement at what Ahsoka was doing in that training gr- training room, and I'm just like, <laughs> Kanan, no, <laughs> yeah. So that was, that was the, what I'm hearing no. is that was, that was the first little Christoph Waltz the first little, and then as Galvatore. Yeah, that was, a, and then that it that goes was a, right into into the next episode hearing. with Ahsoka, or not the next episode. Django no, Unchained, the, the dentist. It was, it was like the third to last. Hans Landa from Inglorious Bastards. Four, right? Yeah, they both had four episodes. Three, three. You said three. Because you had Ahsoka being found, and then yep. 
the whole training montage and Order 66. And then, are you still... No, yeah, you're right. Thanks! Padme's funeral and fighting the Inquisitor was one episode. You were right. But yeah, like, but to go from that of her surviving Order 66 because of Anakin's training, specifically the fact that it's her doing uh, the training with what about first? All right, with, right. run run down with, uh, Arya. Uh, I don't even remember or all the, the names. Whatever, however, I remember Jesse because Jesse was the big one. Yeah, outside of Rex, obviously. But like, you have all of them like doing this to help her, to help train her, and then mm. it ends up being exactly what saves her life. And mm. it was hard to watch again. Well, oh, and they yeah. and they cut it. They cut it in ooh, so perfectly ooh, with like. Ooh, so in season seven, you see her it. and Rex walk in, and like they they didn't say anything right before they cut in, and like right as right before they're gonna open okay, the door okay. in Tales of the Jedi. Hear me out on this one. You hear Rex go. Let's hope that training paid off. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you guys are gonna have to. You guys Stop. are gonna have to Google her. But like, solely, this, solely for the sense that you said that she's the, taller than most the, men, the and is, this actress is still my favorite. Like stands at a let's for see, all of the Star Wars at content. a lovely six I two mean, and three quarters with the old Republic with like obviously with Red Elizabeth them, Debicki. Like, in terms of the mainstream canon, just I love the Clone Wars era, but it's so hard to watch because it just kills me every single time. Debicki. I just love that. Though. She was in uh, Great Gatsby. Realize I would enjoy And she was Aisha in the uh, Guardians to the Golden. So the I, chick that lie, makes like, uh, Adam. I was a little. I was. I was a little worried about it. Um, only because yep. the last time yep. they did something like this with Star Wars Visions, it was not good. Well, I haven't seen. Bring, Visions, bring me my cat. Casting director, I got you guys. It's a bunch of like isolated styles. stories in inside the Star Wars universe by different animation studios, <laughs> uh, anime studios, and like some of them. Yeah, some of them are good. That Garrett and then some of them are just so right. Like in terms of yeah, physical appearance. So I kind of expect that though, with the way the show's set up, like different studios and animation styles. Well, no, so like. If you watch the first okay. one, the duel, the duel is um, one of the is oh the duel is amazing. That duel is a fantastic. What about his personality? Um, like Murtaugh's, the one with the brother and the sister, where it's like Alice and Bree and someone. It's been else. too long for me. Yeah, to yeah. Uh, that, that one was solid. Wait. That one was solid. But then you have that that band one where it's I, literally I didn't, Joseph I, I Gordon didn't, Levitt I didn't watch anything yeah, after that. Joseph Gordon like, like, Levitt is voicing just this random dude <laughs> yeah. that just wants <laughs> to be a rock star in the Star Wars universe. And yeah, it's like, a band I, like I, I couldn't watch anything past that because I'm like, this was awful. Oh, like, and then yeah, no. what was the the one with the with all the Jedi's mm. that come together, or like at the end of the Empire, and then it ends up being a Sith Lord that is like tricked him. Oh, that one, oh. that one was fantastic. Yeah, that was a good one. So was like, yeah, I, I enjoyed, enjoyed all, all of Tales them were of bad, the but like, I was the so ones like, that were bad were bad. Yeah, they were so bad. So like, I was a little worried about it, but like once I saw like, and that was okay. when I first okay. heard. Like now once I saw on like what storylines they were gonna go with. I, I don't stoked. like saying this because so I'm not gonna lie, I Tales really of the despise Jedi the show that he got popular on. Started off but slow, KJ Apa I could give two shits seeing Ahsoka. He played Archie and Riverdale. By a saber tooth. 
That I will I'll agree with that mainly because <laughs> I thought it was going to show her like actually being covered by Plo Koon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but kind of physical yeah, look like obviously toned down the red in his hair. Any, but like he's even like he's he's got that like, good like where he's got a little bit it. of a like, devilish what? grin. Because the second you started saying like but then it cuts sadistic, into the Dooku story. sadistic dick, I'm like, mm, huh, yeah, hold up now. The Dooku stories to me were, the and they best told it part. in chronological order. Yeah. Oh man, it was just well, maybe not perfectly because that first Dooku. Story yeah, like he's he's before, so he's really born. ripped, yeah. but yeah, uh, yeah. like bulk yeah, up a bit. Young sure. Qui Gon was and Dooku, frankly, but yeah, love young Qui Gon. I love any version of Qui Gon. <laughs> Facts. Liam Neeson for days. Yep. But, oh, it was just Tales of the Jedi was. If that doesn't get people to want to go back and like watch Clone Wars and Rebels who haven't watched it before, gravelly voice. Ah, dude, it's yeah. so good. Like, because literally Tales want, of the Jedi. Like, the, I want to go back and rewatch. It just them fits so bad. Fits but his knowing character. me, I'm gonna sit there hmm. and I'm gonna do it in chronological order again. Like, I'm not gonna go season one of Clone Wars. Like, what? What you know, if jump around, watch it in order because it makes Brom so much is more the sense. Real Treads, I don't big, know if you well, I mean, Christoph Waltz is McCall, did you ever actually like big get I finished? Yeah, everyone else is pretty, yeah. I feel like, would be more than like, like it, what? in it's range. Worked. So, Cold War is Brom? not told in chronological order until about season three, and even then, and even then, there's some story arcs that are jump, but like, yeah. Like the first episode of of Clone Wars, <laughs> in terms of the overall. But no, like, like I mean, you let him have his long hair. Would take place his beard and like his beard and John Wick has uh, that great has yeah. those gray tones so, in it. Like so, I found I found uh, I, I found something. On and the even that monologue from John Wick, where he does have some numbers some and seasons gravel in his voice when he's talking about. Yeah, I guess I'm back. And it I'm makes like, the right, show a million we get times it. better. Because the, oh. the storylines make more yeah. sense. Ahsoka doesn't just randomly appear and disappear. To heat, yeah. <laughs> like and that one random episode where she has a yeah, they different are. outfit that she never wears ever again. It's just that one like, episode. I'm yeah, happy I because I love you. <laughs> like like love everything him, makes so like if if you really also, like I, it takes a minute to they took do away it because two, after like, every episode you gotta like of the get out of it go find the next when, one with his then, one a he was like, not British as a whole like, b he like, wasn't a chain smoking dickhole yeah it, as a whole they're in chunks so like he wasn't like don't get me wrong he wasn't the the nicest guy three to five but he wasn't a chain smoking dickhole that you're kind of gonna watch like in a row. That's constantly he's, like he's a smooth talking together, chain smoking dick. Hop into something else. Hmm. But it makes it makes it a million times better. Good God. Interesting. But yeah, I will mm. uh, and uh, with all that, like I said, I, how I said I could gush about rebels all day, every day, and that's because Which I'm is friends. funny because McCall the first time you watched Rebels, you were like, it was good. Yeah. And I was sitting there, I had rewatched it like well, two or three times. I was so like, I this felt, is fantastic. So that's what it is, right? I fell off watching Rebels like at, shortly into season like one. Mm. It was just, it was one of those things where it's just like, I, other things kept coming up and I just was like, I was like, yeah, it was good. It was good from what I saw. And because realistically, it, it's not until season, like season two is it gets really good. And then well, seasons three feel- and four is when it's great because you have Thrawn, you have Ezra coming into his own as a legit Jedi. You have him dealing with the with the 
Sith Holocron, you have Darth Maul coming back yeah. in yeah. Maul. Yeah. And then you have the World of yeah. Worlds in season in season four. That yeah. whole thing, you have the oh my god. But yeah, the so first to, season is a little bit of a slow burn. Yeah, it is. So to, yeah, so to me, Rebels, yes, at please. least the first season, when I watched it, I had to power through it because I felt like it was more geared towards kids than any of the other animated stuff, like than Clone Wars. See, and that's how I that's how that's why it took me so long to get through Clone Wars is I couldn't watch like the first two and a half seasons of of Clone Wars. I was like, this is a children's show that was put out on Cartoon Network. And then War (laughs) Cry And then very much not a children's show. War crimes everywhere. Yeah, that that's. I feel like that's just the problem. Is they they initially started off like so but, geared right. towards kids, I mean, and then they get well, into and the like. They have to get their foot in the door and shit. Get off your like, chest because like it. they're sitting there going like, most adults are not gonna sit here and want to watch an animated show. Like the stigma yeah. out there is anything animated is a fucking and, cartoon. And cartoons are for kids. Yep. Like obviously, I have like the Simpsons, Family Guy, like that type of South Park, like that type of shit. Obviously, you hear that Disney like, high standards are being right. set, but like there's no like <laughs> doesn't even have to be great. Like, hey, kids can enjoy this, and this is for adults. Like, yeah, kids enjoy South Park and Family Guy and all that shit, but that's because you know parents don't care. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I mean that being said, I watched it as a kid. My parents cared, so whatever. You are literally their least favorite child. Well, <laughs> that's your yeah. laughing treads. That is that no, is it's, that it's, is an, I'm, I'm that is an accurate statement that I heard with my own ears come out of. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's accurate. And I remember um, honestly, <laughs> it was Percy literally Jackson, it was right, it was right that before we make moved, me refuse to believe how old Alexander and Colton got into is. some trouble. His brother. And because so she's like, yeah, like thir- she's like thirteen years like, she's yeah, thirteen years older than Logan Lerman. Spot, but Colton's still right. Or there. not thirteen, <laughs> but like it's way closer <laughs> to a decade than it should Willie be. Down there at the bottom, <laughs> and he's saying it to his face, and I'm just like, God, I love you right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it's 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 good times, man. <laughs> I love you, Dad. Dad kills me every time. Hey, low expectations. Get yeah, I don't know if you anybody. know. Yeah, it's a show, and Timothy <laughs> yeah, Amundsen is joined the cast. I don't know what he got, his, what role he's in. Uh, Timothy no, Amundsen just, is from Psych. But back on the, the on the Detective Star Wars Lassiter. Things, but yeah, I just I from Psych. Yeah, like you got to get your foot in the he door. He just posted. I, I follow him on Instagram. And once you once you get yourself established, that he joins so the crew. Good. They're they're the best. They're the best of Star Wars media. Even Waylon, who was on the first Star Wars episode, he's super into Star Wars, and he hadn't watched the cartoons because he's like, it just didn't even register to him that they might actually not be for kids. You well, know? and I hadn't, I hadn't watched them either. Like, I like I, lo- I've loved Star Wars from the time I was a little little kid, and like I even saw Clone Wars come out on. Where it, it was originally a Cartoon Network thing, right? Yeah. Well, it was a movie, and then they turned it. Well, into right, a show. they did the movie, but like, so I originally like, like I saw it on Cartoon Network while I was scrolling through things, and I'd flip it on, and I'm like, this is it. Like, like at that point, I was a little bit older. I was like, this is a kids show. This is dumb. And then I met McCall, and he's like, dude, you got to watch it. And like, I we we're in the dorms at our first base, and like he was watching it, and I was like, 
even sitting there watching it with him, I was like, this is dumb. This is a kid's show. Speak for yourself. Uh, and then Speak he finally yourself. got Speak me to sit yourself. down and watch it, and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's it's good. And especially near the like the end like end of the, not the new season that they did to be the end. But, but like the end the other of like one, season six. Where they had Yoda like doing yep. all that Force stuff. I was mm-hmm. like, this is deep. I was yeah. like, <laughs> deep cuts, man. Deep cuts. Yeah. And the whole brother and sister light side, yes. side of the force with the father. Dude, that's like, one of my favorite stories. Drive-ins are the play. I mean, my favorite story arc is also like the saddest story arc, and it's the yeah when Ferris is a bitch. Yeah, fuck Ferris. What a mm. Ferris I, is a twat. I would, I would slap her. I would slap her. <laughs> Full force, no hold bar, no hold bar on that one. No, no holds bar. Slap in the face. <laughs> that's what. She, that's the least that she deserves. Totally honestly, would not be able to dodge my slap yeah. with her force ability. It's criminal. Like, honestly, it's criminal. Like, realistically, it would be better Slip, off yeah. to just give her to give her to Anakin and just leave the room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She would get what she would deserve for that in, in that scenario. Because I mean, you look at what Anakin did with. Would do with like, uh, oh, what's the name? Why am I forgetting it? The Geonosian leader. People, you mean like oh, us? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see what he does with him, and he didn't actually do anything to personally harm Ahsoka, and <laughs> Barris did. Yep, Barris intentionally went out of her way to harm Ahsoka. Yeah, they are like personally. quick turn. They're and, getting quick yeah. turnarounds now. Yeah. Anakin does not does does not fucks with that. Not to mention, at that point, he's already Did pissed really? off Jesus. about everything. Obi well, like, even Thor: Love and Thunder, what came out in July, was on Disney Plus at the end of August. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, that's the that's the best thing that I think the Clone Wars brought to Star Wars. Because to me, I still Clone Wars is incredible, and yet I still can't rewatch Spider Man. But I will forever anywhere, be more yeah. inclined. It's literally it's not like, anywhere except I for I think like on like stars or whatever. Yeah, Sony, what the fuck? All day, every day. But what Clone Wars does do perfectly is it shows. No, it's on Hulu. Gross. Anakin's decline wasn't overnight. Right. It, it oh shows God! You a, it gives you a reason. Do it, Anakin. Yeah. No, no, so do it, do it, do it, do it. Seriously though, off with the Jedi Order, bro. Hey, like it's not Tred, just you. Treads. I'm not even kidding. Like you go that from game episode. Two, you remember Corey McClung? Where the Clone Wars started, and, and how he lived across the, the street from me. Movie, He's Bro, like, that so Aragon had a co-op mode, them. and me they're, and Corey like, would stay like, up like all night, literally all uh, some nights that he slept over, just playing that <laughs> through that game. Like the fuck, like get over so much fun, just makes like, him look like a whiny bitch. But then once you see all the fucking yes. shit, the order, yes, and like hundred percent, I was about to tell you, I was about to say that, yeah, how I remember both games. That the Clone Wars they hold up neck and neck. I just always that just think fondly more, more on the Lord of the Rings games because Lord of the Rings didn't have a crappy movie to go along something with it. Had to, something had to happen to the order. I would have preferred it not being like that, but like something needed to change. Oh, GameCube. Those yeah. four, GameCube for those me. Those four are Luminara. Yep. Kayati Mundi. Yep. Ayla Sakura. Like and an original. Mace original. is the biggest is the prime example more than the others because the other three that I said they yep. they and highlight we did. We did. <laughs> one thing that's wrong. Mace <laughs> had all three. 
Yeah. <laughs> and like he was the yeah. pro- proving why the Jedi Order didn't work anymore. Like, yeah. and you don't yeah. see it in the movie yeah. because you're just like, Mace, that's Sam Jackson with the purple lightsaber. That's dope as shit. Yeah. But then, then, but Clone Wars right. goes in and expands. If and like, we have don't get me wrong. No more questions Mace for Willie, and Willie has nothing more to tries say. To do what's right, I guess we can go ahead and follows the Jedi close order, this episode like, out. So, tries gentlemen, to any last words? All, and even Tales of the Jedi highlights too. Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. Dooku. Willie, did you- Dooku wasn't wrong. There it is. No. No. That's what I was yeah, waiting absolutely. for. I knew you had one more jab. Dooku in wasn't you. wrong at all. And to me, Mace Windu is the prime <laughs> all right. example. Well, like, everyone, you thank Luminar you for uh, letting us episode waste a little bit more of your time. Ahsoka and Barris uh, into and, the uh, yeah, Gen Ocean factory. She was 100% okay with, like, no, we're not going to do anything. They're, our Padawans are dead. That's fine. Right. Like, yeah, our Padawans are dead. It sucks, but that's life. Like that's that that's fucked. What what's the point of fighting if you're not going to like? Yeah, and then you have Kaiyadi Mundi, who was an elitist, and they even the show didn't really show how true, like the true yeah. level of douchebaggery that Kaiyadi Mundi actually is. Yeah, Kaiyadi Mundi is a douche. Like he's already an elitist <laughs> because he's a part of the Jedi Order, and he thinks that because of that, uh, and because he's a Jedi Master and he's on the Jedi Council, he's better than other people in the Jedi Order. But then on top of that, because his his species is uh, so close to extinction, he was one of the few people that the Order allowed oh, to have children, and he <laughs> had a lot of them. Yeah. Not that he cared. No. He, he, literally went, he literally went in there, did the deed, and got out a lot. Yep. But he was an absolute, absolute douchebag. Yeah. And he was the, he was showing the elitist and the the hubris of the Jedi Order. And then Ayla, it wasn't so much what she did, because like the other two, those were direct things that they were doing around Anakin, where Anakin was seeing it firsthand. Right. Ayla Sakura's thing that I like to point out more than anything is pretty much the same thing that Luminara was teaching, except for she was doing it with Ahsoka and showing it from like the apprentice having to be ready to just abandon the master yeah or whatever because we can't have connections we can't have connections like it's you can't not have connections right i mean like especially Obi-Wan the way is that arguably is, the especially the way that's the jedi order and, like obi-wan is arguably the greatest jedi in the jedi order and even he it self-admittedly anakin was his brother that's a connection yeah well and then he was in love with what's her face with well, yeah Satine. and he would have he would have not sabine Okay, sorry, they're the same name. One letter. Not paying attention. But yeah, like he's he's the greatest Jedi, and even he had connections. Qui-Gon had had connections all over the fucking place, but he was Oh yeah. He already proved long into very early on that he took so like to me, he took Dooku's example and teachings and he reacted the proper way. Right. Yeah. And even Dooku in Tales of the Jedi says that. He's just like, it's like, man, if it wasn't for you actually thinking clearly during this, like, w- this whole situation would have been fucked when they had, like, the yeah. senator's son, uh, like, as a captain. Yeah. Or whatever. Yep. Hey, he, so, like, even early I mean, on, he, even, he even says the line. He's, he's like, you're a greater man than I. Or a greater Jedi than I. Wiser. You're a wiser. Wiser. Jedi. Wiser man. Yep. Than I. Yeah, the, I the, also the, love how when uh, 
after Qui-Gon goes and talks to the council about Darth Maul and everything, he's like, hmm, I can't wait to meet your apprentice Obi-Wan. And it was like, huh? <laughs> Joke's on you. Like, the first time you meet, you guys are going to be trying to kill each other. Yeah. But see, no, that's Obi- the thing. If you if you Obi-Wan. look at it, like, Dooku, is, Dooku did all these things, right? So I think Tales of the Jedi, and then if you look at the body of work as a whole, like, yes, Dooku is still a Sith. He still goes and wipes out the Knights of Dathomir. He still is a gigantic douchebag. But that you can attribute to being corrupted by the dark side of the force. All yes. this stems from he saw he saw the hypocrisies, like Anakin's speech, I've seen through the lies of the Jedi. Dooku saw through the lies of the Jedi, saw that was given the incompetence. Given he was given this pathway to try and fix it from Sidious and then he just lets the dark side corrupt him but even still through and through like when they first meet Dooku, Obi-Wan's in prison Dooku isn't there trying to kill him or anything he's trying to recruit him he tells him everything he he needs, because he knows like he he doesn't agree with what Sidious is doing, he doesn't want to follow Sidious he knows that the Jedi Order something has to change He's o- he only joined Sidious because at least Sidious had a way moving forward. But his end goal was not in line with Sidious's at all. And it pr- and he made that was a that was abundantly clear through and through. Like he didn't that's why he was that's why he became a separatist political like leader and everything. Because that's what he was. He wasn't just the general of their armies. He was the political leader of the separatist movement because the Republic and the Jedi Order as a whole was flawed. Oh yeah. Yeah. And- and- so he was there recruiting Obi-Wan because he knew he couldn't take Sidious on his own. Right. He was there trying to get, he was recruiting his apprentice. And when he doesn't get, and then, and then in Clone Wars start, he doesn't get Obi-Wan. What does he do? Asajj. Asajj gets yep. too strong. Sidious comes and swings his, swings his big dick around. And Massive cock. Makes fucking Dooku get rid of her. He gets rid What does Dooku do? Turns Goes right around. Savage. Savage. <laughs> Savage. And has the Night Sisters like enhanced him to hopefully make him even stronger, even yeah. quicker. Because he's trying, like, he knows that he does he doesn't want to go along with Sidious's plan. No. Or at least not the end the end game. Oh. And so like you he does can see things. that that inner battle too in Tales of the Jedi and the sceneries with Yaddle and everything. When she was like I don't agree with the Jedi Council either. That's why I left the Council. He was like, hmm, here's another way I could, you know, like, that's different from Sidious. But even then, at that point, Sidious had already had his, he already had Dooku do too much, and Dooku didn't see the way out. Even with Yaddle sitting right there, like, giving him the lifeline of saying that he's not alone. But because of everything he did up until that, even though it, you didn't could see the inner battle though. He was he yeah. was thinking yeah. about it. Well, and one <laughs> of the thing, he was thinking one about the, it, but like you could see him like processing and he's just like, but there's there's no way out for me. I I'm it's I'm too far gone. I've even done he, too, he even says it. He said I've he says I've done too much. Even though he really had he did Cyphodius and he wiped like he got the Kaminoans and he wiped out Camino from the from well, the archives. So, so honestly, one of my one of my favorite little parts of that of that episode and even the entire little series of tales of the Jedi is you can, you can see when, when Yaddle starts lifting that door back up, you can see 
Sidious, like, he turns and covers his face. Oh, yeah. Because he's he got way too close to that door, and that light was coming in. It was going to expose him for who he was. Yep. Yeah, I, saw, I noticed that, too. I was like, ooh. He's scared. You don't want to be seen. I also love how they've kept it consistent as all the meeting places on Coruscant are during this in the like factory district or whatever. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh. Tales of Jedi was just so beautifully done. Yeah, it was it was really good. And that you know, you can chalk that up to Dave Filoni being director, producer, like everything. <laughs> he did everything with that show, like those episodes. Yeah, it was fantastic. It's just, again, uh, yet another prime example of the many that prove that you can't, you can't go wrong with having faith in Dave Filoni. Nope. There's not a single thing he's done in Star Wars that has disappointed me. Because, honestly, if you look, like he had nothing to do with the prequels, which even then, I mean, looking back in hindsight now, they're actually not that bad. I mean, episodes no. one and two are still pretty bad, but like Revenge of the Sith, pretty great. It's just the writing that just fucks him up. Yeah, and then the sequel. it was George Lucas directing is what it was, because he's the one that made Hayden Christensen act the way he did. He's but the one you, that. But Hayden Christensen acted perfectly for how Anakin was at the time. Like for the vision that Lucas had, everything like it was. It was perfectly handled. It just looked clunky because, like, all we saw was just this clunky and thing. And Plus like, they went CGI heavy as fuck. Yeah, that was that was the other thing. Like, I don't know why they went away from it. He got a little too green screen happy. A little. One of the magic <laughs> of Star Wars, like the original trilogy, was everything looked so real. Yeah, and, yeah. Like the bare minimum of VFX. And to, I love like puppets and animatronics and stuff like that. I love that in Star Wars. Yeah, because it feels real. And even the sequels that did like the sequels, they they went back to their to the basics, and they it was so perfectly handled. And you're yeah. just like, oh, yeah, it's like, oh man, that was great. Too bad the rest of the storytelling is shit. It's part of the reason why I love Babu Frick. He's just a little puppet, and he's like. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> like, how could you not love that <laughs> the rest of the movie around him was shit but <laughs> bro he was the highlight of that movie for me honestly like i i did i did get chuckles from him i will i will say that but i think that's about the, the with that movie that's the best compliment you're gonna get from me is that bob frick made me chuckle <laughs> Because the, the everything else just made me every everything everything just made me pissed. They fly now. I mean, they've only and they even fine. brought back Babu Frick for the final like battle. I was like, yes. Like the At only least I think they did. I don't remember. Yeah, honestly, that like okay. Sorry, there are two things. That, so I had the Babu Frick made me chuckle, and then my my uh, Leonardo DiCaprio meme when. The ghost showed up. Yeah, when the and ghost it, shows up in the in that end, and end scene. That yeah, even though <laughs> that still made no sense. Again, so the sequels. I watched a video 
I watched a video that like explained it and it makes really good points. But the sequels ruin hyperspace travel. Oh yeah. So if you think if you look in the even in the in the prequels and the original, there is never no one there's no time ever given. Period. Right? And even in even in episode seven, there's no real like time frames given. Yep. With this is the point I was trying to make with our argument that we had in our group chat earlier treads this week. When I was like, oh, let's bump the brakes so we can talk about it on the on the episode real quick. <laughs> um but episode episode eight. All right. So I, I walked it through with Willie a little bit. So I'm gonna walk it through with you. So if you episode seven when they attack uh Star Killer Base, right? Mm-hmm. They strike Star Killer Base, but the first order already knows where the base is, the rebel, the the resistance bases, right? Yeah. So, keeping the end, episode eight even picks up with the first order chasing them from that base. Yep. So you got to you're looking at at most a day, at most a day had passed between episodes seven and when episode when seven ends and eight begins. Because the space travel back, them packing everything up and going, which is why one of the issues I have with Ray's character, at least in episode eight, is how strong she's in with the force at the end. It's like, well, yeah, she was training with with Luke and everything. And it's like Luke doesn't spend that much time in Dagobah. And he becomes super strong with the force and everything and with training with Yoda and Dagobah. So here's the difference. Episode eight, they give a 19 hour time frame. In the movie, yeah. that's what they have because they're running out of fuel. And they say, we have 19 hours left of fuel. So we're looking at a di- about a day at max of them getting back to the base, getting everything packed up and gone. Given that Ray, given that she turns around, gets back, says goodbye to Leia, gets the map for Luke and everything, and turns right around and dips, that puts her maybe, like I said, a slight, just just short of a day ahead of them. And she's there at the finale. So at most you're looking at three days tops, three days, and she becomes that strong with force because she was training with Luke. However, in Empire Strikes Back, when Luke goes to Dagobah, you have the Millennium Falcon and Han and them traveling to Cloud City and Bespin. But if you don't remember, in Empire Strikes Back, the Millennium Falcon doesn't have a hyperdrive, so they are go. They're not. They are not hyper. They're not doing hyperspace travel to get to Bespin. They are literally going at their max speed, which is still fast as fuck. But it's not hyperspace, so we're not talking about hours or days. We're talking about weeks and maybe even months that they are literally traveling through space to Bespin. Uh, and all that time that they're traveling through space without a hyperdrive, you have Luke with Yoda and Dagobah. So we're talking about. Weeks and months compared to three days. So yeah. my my question to you is: is what in that movie makes you think that Ray is super strong with the Force after said hours with Luke? Because what she doesn't really do much. She just moves a bunch of fucking rocks. A bunch of fucking rocks that even freaking uh, Luke struggles with lifting just a single uh, X wing in with Dagobah and. The much longer amount of time, and he's what? the quite literal offspring of. So even if you want to bring in the midichlorian count thing, 
he's the quite literal offspring of the chosen one, so he still is going to have a higher midichlorian count than just the grand the granddaughter of Palpatine. At, and now that the whole story's out, there's no way. So, like, even if you want to bring the midichlorian count argument into it. So if you look at it, though, relatively speaking, her force powers based off of the movie after it uh, with Rise of Skywalker, moving those rocks really wasn't that much because you in that in Rise of Skywalker, you jump into her getting trained by Leia. and She's actually doing a lot of legit shit. Yeah. You ready for this one? You ready for my my counterpoint to why the real reason why Star Wars fans hate Rey so much? And not because she's OP as fuck for no reason. But. Well, yeah, but that's the thing. Like everyone's like, you can you at least see in the in the prequels, you see like you're talking about fifteen to sixteen years of Anakin training as a Jedi, right? So that's years, and yep. so he's super powerful. Luke, the the time between the tri- the original is still probably like I think like five or six years. So it's still five or six years where he's getting tutelage and then he's got it. He's got the force ghosts teaching him more stuff that they've already, that they didn't know about originally because of all their time in exile, like especially Yoda. Yep. And then, and then all of a sudden the time frame for the events of the sequels, like I'm talking from beginning to episode seven to the ending of episode nine, I think roughly takes of like, maybe six months to a year yeah like that's i'm not even kidding like that's not me just like doing rough no it's like confirmed that it's like roughly about like six months to maybe i'll six six to 18 months is the time frame from start to finish of episodes six seven to nine and she's the most powerful jedi and that's and oh everyone hates her because she's a woman and she's the most powerful jedi now and they can't get over the fact that luke's not the most powerful jedi i was like no because a Ahsoka, Ahsoka is always yep. going to be the the boss bitch of female Jedi. Yeah. But you're going to give her you're going to give her that title on a whim in eighteen months of time when everyone else spent years, legitimate years to work there, and then they also have the whole prophecy thing working in their favor too. Yeah, come on. Yeah, I mean, ultimately. They're all shit. The final the <laughs> sequels. They're all dog shit. Yes. But they what are. I was yep. just my argument was, was that the uh fuck, I don't even know what it's called because I think they're all shit. The last the middle Jedi. one. Yeah, last Jedi. I um, to me that's just the least steaming pile of shit see, in the whole shithole. My my point, like the biggest thing that because I know you sent me those videos that were trying to defend it. And I know I said this in the in our group chat in response to it, but I'll reiterate it for the greater public or you know the like 12 people that listen to these <laughs> um, <laughs> is that you're like one of the main things that the guy was saying that was reason why the last Jedi is good is because it was Ryan Johnson opening the rest of the universe back and back to the, Oh, anyone could be the force and can have the force and making Ray a nobody like just insinuated that fact. And then that little boy on that planet being able to like use the force to grab the broom, it's opening the force back to the entire universe and anyone can be a Jedi and anyone can harness the force and everything. And I'm sitting there. It's like, and I was listening to it. And I'm like, dude, that was never the problem. I was we like, when did all, they turn that we, off? We all knew that the re like, if he doesn't like the reason we had such an issue with episode one at the very beginning 
was they introduced midichlorians, which restricted, which made it feel like it brought that back down and to where it wasn't open to the rest of the universe. We already knew it was open to the whole universe from the original trilogy. We hated yeah. it when they brought in midichlorians and made it feel like it restricted it. And so it's like, what, we're supposed to praise you for being, for doing what we all already knew anyways? So I think you're looking at that whole video, though, through the lens of you already fucking hate that movie. So everything they say is going to piss you off. Well, but you got to look at it in the sense that, like, you're not trying to praise Ryan Johnson. You just got to la- shit on him as much <laughs> for the movie. Well, like, I, That's I will, the whole point of the video is. Honestly, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. He got shit on way too hard. I'll, I'll tell you this. Watching that video, I wouldn't even say that I was, I'm. I didn't like the way the dude presented his arguments. Like, it's not that he didn't like, because all he did, it was a long, it was a long video. It was like 45 minutes long. I didn't watch long the video. long one. I only watched. Yeah, it was a 45 one. minute long video. And he only brought up like five things that like were good. And then the rest of the time, and like he would just kept coming back to those five. Like it was probably more than five, but it, it wasn't enough for a 45 minute video. And he just spends the time keep hitting, like, reiterating, not adding on to those points, just reiterating those points. And then the rest of the time is he's literally, like, pulling people's reaction videos, reacting to something that they love and care about and are passionate about, and just absolutely roasting them for basically being passionate. Like, don't get me wrong, I even admit it in the group chat, like, some of the ones that he was showing, they were being a little too over the top. But, like, he was straight up shitting on them for basically having a passionate opinion. And I'm like, dude, really? Like, yeah, I didn't watch that one. I watched the short one. Yeah. So, like, I will say, and maybe not so much that I fucking hated The Last Jedi, and that's why I didn't change my. He, the way he presented it, and the fact that he's just spent the majority of the video shitting on other people's, like, passions, that's it. He turned me, he turned me off in the video because of how he was doing it. And I think everyone, like, whenever I defend The Last Jedi, I think everyone gets misconstrued because they think I'm actually saying, saying it's a it's good, good movie. Yeah, you're just saying it's, it's not. It's not. It's a horseshit movie. I'm <laughs> it's just, just saying not it's not the shittiest one of all the three. <laughs> no, the shittiest one's the last one. Yeah. Oh, I think definitely. everyone agrees Rise of Skywalker is the worst one. Like, that's, like, they really just kind of threw, they just stopped caring. Like, and somehow, like, I'll I'll this, I'm not, I'm not going to go back and rewatch them because I, to, to, I, I, can't, I can't. I can't. I can't. No. But so, so I'm gonna go with my gut reaction after I watched them all three through the first time. Is I still thought the first one not was the not necessarily was the best movie, but I liked it the most because because of the possible story it could have set up. Yeah, and I think, too, it was, for me personally, when I went and saw it, I was just fucking hyped that Star Wars was coming out again Dang. after oh, so dude, long, I was, like, that there was ooh. a movie, we were back in that world, I was like, hell yeah, and so, like, I was lit coming out of it, but then and the I think, more I watched it, I'm like, yeah. this movie kind of sucks. Yeah, like, I think that was, literally the, I a think new that hope. was, I think that was the initial, like, reaction to a lot, because, like, I remember, I, I will say, I loved Episode Seven coming out of the theater. Like I was hyped about it. I loved it. And then, yeah, going back and just keep watching it. And especially now that you've seen, like after watching like eight or nine, it's just like, hold up this. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Like, I mean, like, like, so, so yes, it's basically just, uh, it's, it's basically a new hope. Like I, I get that, but 
at the same time, like you were sitting, like when you set up a storyline to go, Hey, look, here's this chick who's force sensitive. We don't know who the fuck her parents are. And you set it up that it could possibly be Leia and Han's kid. Like, like you can Obi-Wan's set it up. Daughter, fucking, they okay, have so right, many so ideas. You can set it up for wait, you can set it up for that. literally anything. And you just fucking mail it in with she's a goddamn fucking palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> like like you could have done Forget anything creative with that story arc. And then not only not only are you not gonna give us an answer to who she is in the second movie when you set up either late in the first movie or early in the second movie that Kylo knows who her parents are. When you set that up and then you're just like, they're nobodies. It's like, fuck off. The first <laughs> the episode seven focused too much on like you, you the mystery you- of her of her heritage. So it leads you to think that she's someone and then to come right. follow it up. Like with, you took, you know, like, you took so much time? time and effort to push this storyline and then it led nowhere. To her being a Palpatine. So basically you take the mystery that it sets up in the first one, right? And then the second one you paid off with, oh, they're no one. So you basically wasted all that time setting up the first one. And then, and then the third one, the you're one, like, oh, like, people oh, were mad. She's a Palpatine. So I'm like, yeah. oh, you lied to me. In the third one, you're like, oh, shit, people got mad that she was a nobody. Uh, she's a Palpatine. <laughs> but she's going to call herself Skywalker. First off, get the fuck out of here with that. Oh, you don't deserve that. You spent a total of, like, six months with Leia. You want to yeah. know what honestly pisses me off more than anything in all of the movies? It's not even the movies. It's just with these like these sequels and stuff. Is that they renamed Anakin and Luke's lightsaber Ray's lightsaber? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Get the fuck well, out of here! Yeah, Disney also rena- renamed Slave One to Boba Fett Starfighter. No, it's, yeah. oh, it's like come on, God. it's fuck Slave off. One, bitches. But like, no, fuck like, off. The, the biggest issue, like one of the things that irritates me too, is like they. Hold on, where was I? I had this train of thought, and then you said that, and it made me think about Slave One. So hold on, <laughs> let me let me find it again. Let me find this train of thought because we were talking about. Oh God, Willie, what were you saying? I was saying how you set up the storyline with Ray being possibly anyone's. Oh, saying right. she was a yep. Skywalker. No, yeah, I got you. I got you. I got you. So that was all right. So we had episode talking about Last Jedi again. Episode eight. We were talking about the second one. Yep. It was setting up all this, all these like things of like, oh, Kylo is leaning kind of back to the light side and is hinting at Ray going to the dark side, and then it's doing all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, hold up. If they do this, that game changer. And then by the end of episode eight, they make Kylo Ren unredeemable just for him to be redeemed in episode nine in like, again, like a three month window. <laughs> so it's like, again, it's just like, this is why the MCU has Kevin Feige. Yeah, literally. So that there's at least one, like, I thought JJ would have been better at at least having a calling presence or at least like a singular story, Plan. but like Ryan Johnson comes in, 
and don't get me wrong, like I shit on Last Jedi a lot, and a lot of the times I put a lot of the blame on Ryan Johnson. I love Ryan Johnson as a filmmaker. Like he's he did Knives Out, which is one of my favorite murder mystery movies ever, oh, and it's yeah, it's brilliantly done. Like he's a terrific filmmaker. I every risk, and I put air quotes every risk that he did with Last Jedi were just all shit. Well, and so so to to reader to kind of jump on your point. I remember when you and I came out of the theater watching episode eight, we both said Ray should have gone to the dark side at the end yeah. of that yep. movie. Yep. She should have gone to the dark side at the it end of the movie, and then her and Kylo's redemption arcs could have been done simultaneously in episode eight. Episode nine. Or or episode and using nine. and using and then you bring Finn back. Because they right. neglected Finn, Finn and then, but Finn over. comes back in episode nine as like the driving emotional force yep. that is like the spearhead to at least getting Ray and in turn because Ray Ray would bring Kylo with her. But no, instead Finn's most relevant storyline is fucking his not so romantic involvement with Rose. Who God, I wish she had died. Bro, it's not even her his romantic relationship with Rose. It's his romantic relationship with anyone and everyone. <laughs> and true. true. He has a completely different romantic relationship in the, in nine with a chick who was also a stormtrooper or whatever. Yeah. He's that like, was oh weird. shit. Yeah, we have like, to take right. another original idea and just. And I mean, originally, I heard that him and. Uh, What's his nuts? Oscar Isaac's character were supposed to be lovers. Poe Dameron. <laughs> yeah. Well, the guys can't have bromances, Jesus. Well, I mean, well, they they hint they hinted at it at the very end of uh, nine, like that just, final celebration scene. Like they super hinted that like him and Poe oh, yeah. were a thing. It's just they they made him the slut of the show. And he should have been a Jedi or training to be a Jedi the whole time. Yep. He should have been. Oh, he should not some not some common horror. Yeah. <laughs> His character is the most, and and it happened to probably the worst person. Like John Boyega was the Hayden Christensen of the sequels. Yeah. Because he was the oh, yeah. biggest Star Wars fan. Like everyone else, like. Even Oscar Isaac, like he loved he loved Star Wars and everything, and but he really took his like, hey, be a main character in Star Wars, one of the biggest franchises. Bet, and then even like Ray, like Daisy Ridley, she really wasn't in anything, so it was really kind of like her breakout. So yeah, of course mm-hmm. she got it. But John Boyega was literally like, because that's still my favorite story of Hayden Christensen, like how he, when he gets the call, yeah, when he finds out, and, and he, he literally he just, just comes out into his living room, up with his, his fake lightsaber, and yeah, and they start his roommates. He was such he was such a fan of the series and the character and he was a true fan and that was what John Boy that's what John Boy is and then they yeah. take his character and they turn him into a common her yeah because like honestly <laughs> even like you can even listen to Boyega and even even Oscar Isaac it's really funny how much like in like especially like doing like media and stuff for the last one oh yeah how re- they, fly they were they fly <laughs> dude boy yeah that one interview where they Bo- fly the whole they- fucking time since clone wars <laughs> idiot. and boyega's the first one to like point that out because it's like he knows the stuff better than jj in them like what the fuck 
Oh God. Oh, this is, but <laughs> we. I think we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to close it into an end because holy, Jesus, we are. Uh, Hour forty five. Yeah, we're. Uh, oh my goodness. Yeah, like it's one of those. Th- Star Wars is one of those topics where we kind of knew that we could we could get running away with it. Yeah. Wow. And so before before we dip, I just want to mention the uh, callback to the last episode with my Aragon rant. Treads, <laughs> you sent that video in the group chat of the author. Uh, Polini, the author, coming oh, yeah. out and saying he is going to be a main fucking focus in the TV show. He's co-writing. So he's going got a lot to be of say. So well done. I'm so he's excited co-writing now. and co-producing the the mm-hmm. show. Yeah, I'm dude. Now I'm. I know. So I saw that. Now. I was like, shut the fuck up. And it was from dude, his official Twitter, and I was yeah, like, this is legit. I'm, dude, I'm <laughs> so fucking hyped now. They're definitely going to do it right this time. Yep. I believe. Oh, it's going to be so good. Oh, it's going to be great. All and, right. you know, I mean, since it's Disney, it's pretty much a blank check. Like, here. Yeah. Do I, whatever. You, do it. You have the money to do whatever you want with it. The only thing with that, be careful. Because remember, the live-action Avatar The Last Airbender TV show also got a blank check, quote-unquote, from Netflix. And here we are still, like, years Years after it was announced, and it's still not out. Although apparently, apparently, I didn't. I, I saw casting for that stuff. No, no, yeah, Mike was recently. sending me tons of cast. No, no, the casting. Right, I also saw the casting. But what I clearly you two haven't seen that I did see is that there was a interview with the girl that played uh, that was casted as uh, uh, Ty Lee. Mm-hmm. According to her. She's already done filming Avatar: The Last Airbender. Whoa! What? Now, granted, it's Ty, it's Ty Lee, and so so that that especially with season one, I can't imagine like that, Ed, like I don't what? even remember her being in season one to be honest. Not Az- Azul is only there in the background for like maybe a scene or two, and May and Ty Lee are not in it at all. Right. But so, like, if you look at it, and there's just like. They're showing them in the background when they focus on, like, when they come back to Fire Lord Ozai and some of those yeah. are being there. Like, so maybe it's not a lot, but according to her from an interview, because they asked her, like, what's next or whatever. And she, her response was, well, we have, like, I just finished filming uh, Avatar Last Airbender and then I'm excited about that. And then I'm just like, oh, whoa. You ain't gonna just blow past, like, you didn't just say, like, so assuming that. Because she did just say she. She didn't say we. Right. Yeah. So, and then knowing how they do shoots and everything like that, it's most likely that only her role is done. But mm-hmm. that is way more than I heard. That's way farther than I hadn't even I heard, heard anything. I, yeah, I, I, heard I the hadn't castings. heard anything. I knew the castings and then that was it. And then all of a yeah. sudden she's like, I'm done with my. I, like, I, I finished filming. I'm like, hold up. <laughs> also, super, also, super, super exciting super stoked for it too because like literally almost all of every single one of those castings were incredible yeah and, oh they were great like the fact that daniel day kim is gonna be fire lord always i make so excited yeah but on that off topic note we were talking about star wars today uh Fred, you got anything one last any last uh notes you want to put out there 
No, I got nothing. Willie, I assume that was your one that no, you No, that was, that was my one thing, is All how right. excited I am for their gun stuff. Well, uh, from us here at Welcome to the Chat, I guess we will be uh, bidding you all a fond farewell, and we look forward to our next chat with you guys.